right now. Oh, okay. I'll hand it off to you. This is addictive cereal plotting or plotting addictive cereals. I was like, well, getting all the words in our alliteration, we came up with the title. This is a pop event. I can't thank you enough for like on relatively last minute notice, like you posted the sheet in the group. People were like, I have some questions. And you decided to carve out time your Saturday afternoon to be with us. So I'm I, I have to say that you also sacrificed your Saturday afternoon to set this up. So thank you so much for it. I know I have people who are my friends on Facebook who aren't even a part of the Facebook group who are, are coming in here. So I'm uh, pretty excited, low stress, no, no pressure, but uh, <laughs> well, we'll get it going. Um, so I'm going to just go ahead and jump into it, Michael, unless you've got anything else you want to add before we hit, hit the pedal to the metal. No, go for it. Okay. So I did post, for those who might not be aware or not part of the Facebook group, I posted a Google spreadsheet, and that's the link that Michael put into the chat. And it is something that I created way in the before times in 2019, when I was thinking about doing a serial novella series in Kindle Unlimited. Now that never materialized, but one of the things that I wanted to do was to find the beats so that I could make sure that the serial kept rolling in a way that would engage the readers. Like I said, I didn't find anything. I kind of cobbled together my own version. The spreadsheet that we're gonna be going over that maybe you're already looking at is a modified version of that. Over the last couple of days, I kind of went back, found my notes, made some changes, um, brushed it up, shined it up, add some other features to it. So hopefully it'll be really helpful for everybody. Uh, this is something that is designed for serialization stories or stories that are going to be serialized. It can be used for book series if you want to do it that way. Um, what I do want to talk about at, at the top here is that this is very different from books or, a, or I should say a novel. So I'm going to get a little geeky on you, but I have a master's in library and information studies. And one of my concentrations in that master's program was the history of tech technology. What that means is we study the written word and most specifically the technology that helps spread the written word throughout human history. And so when we talk about novels, we are talking about a relatively recent invention in the written word history. The first novel was a Japanese novel called The Tale of Genji, or Genjai, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, in the 11th century. So really a thousand years ago, not that long in the course of written history, which goes back 6,000 years. Before that, serialized storytelling was really primarily what storytelling was. Even the earliest written forms of stories that we have, Gilgamesh, uh, Bhagavad Gita, the Iliad, the Odyssey, were transcriptions of oral stories that were told in serialized format. And we all know the story of the bard, or whether you're in Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, that, you know, the bard who comes into the town, um, you know, and, and sings a story, which is usually a serialized story that's told over the course of many days in exchange for food or, or housing. So this is really a very old format of storytelling. 
And when you write a serialized story, you are tapping into a very primitive level of the human brain that really wants to engage with the story and have the story continue. Even the Arthurian legends have been told and retold and retold because people love the story so much. Arthurian legends are a compilation of different stories about the author, King Arthur and his knights, right? So this is the type of energy you're going to be bringing into a serialized story when you start writing it. A book, a novel, is a closed entity. It has a start, it has a middle, it has an end. I'm not saying that as a negative thing. Honestly, I can't write short stories very well because the techniques are so precise in creating a short story that's under 10,000 words. I just haven't mastered those skills. Likewise, writing a novel takes certain skills and to write a really good novel takes mastery of those skills. So this is just another format to add on to that. This is just, you've got short stories, you've got novels, and now you've got serialized fiction. Nothing new about it. So what I'm gonna show you is some overlays that you can use as beats, as structures, so that you can make your serial stories as addictive as people want them to be, because literally they do. They want them to be addictive. They want to be immersed and jump into those stories. This is how you're gonna give it to them. I'm gonna jump into the spreadsheet and I'm gonna start talking about that. And then we're going to have time at the end, uh, 20, 15 minutes, depending on how long I ramble, uh, to, for questions. So if you've got questions, put them. Uh, do we have a Q&A or is it just chat this time? Put it in the chat, it should oh, be yeah. good. Can, okay, so put in the chat for Michael to do something with. Like, it's Michael, do something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I'm going to share my screen now. So brace yourselves. Let's see which one am I sharing? Is that screen? Now, this is there we go. Share, hit the button, Kimbu. Okay. Yes. All right, here we go. I see we have a lot of people looking at it already. So this is a take on the original setup that I created. And if you looked at it earlier in the week, you'll see that there's a lot more to it now than when you first looked at it. And I'm gonna be going over that. This particular setup is set on a three act story structure. I've written that out over here and I've called it Casey York's Franken structure because I kind of, when I went back and looked at my notes, I'm like, nobody actually ever created this. I created this out of different ones I was looking at. So. You can use any three-act story structure you want. We're just using this one. So the main three parts that I want you to think of when you're setting up a serialized story and looking at the beats are the season, the short arcs, and the story arc. The season consists of the episodes or what we're going to call chapters. These are the things that are gonna be sent out to your readers on a, you know, two times a week, three times a week, once a week, however often you're gonna be sending it out. So this is a chapter, beginning is a chapter, inciting incident is a chapter, set up a climax is a chapter, and they're all part of season one. You'll hear that I'm using a lot of television terms on this, and that's because in our modern world, uh, serialized storytelling really came into its own with television shows. So as, writers get back into serialized storytelling, you'll hear a lot of authors talking about using television for drama formats as a key to writing serials. And I did the same thing here. 
and we'll be getting a little bit more into detail on that on the second spreadsheet, but just be aware that some of those terms come from that tradition because it's just what we're familiar with. And I found it was easiest to work with. I know Alana in the last podcast, no, the podcast before last, Michael, where she was talking about. Yes, about a month ago. Yeah. Okay, I listened to it last week. So obviously that's, <laughs> but anyway, that was a really good podcast. Uh, she does serials and talked about it a lot. Um, I'm sure Michael will put the link to it in the chat or whichever one it was, but uh, she also uses television as a setup for that. So here's the season, right? Here's the short arcs, and I'm going to go into that in a little bit. And this is the main story arc. So in each case for the season and the main story arc, we're using the three act structure. Here's the secret. I'm going to give you the secret sauce right up front. The season and the short arcs happen sequentially. There's one season one, and then there's season two, and then we get into season three. There's arc one, there's arc two, and then there's arc three. Story arcs, the big arcs, must overlap. You have to have the overlap. That is where you're going to keep your readers going over the long term. Now, if all you wanted to do was three seasons, I think that's how this is set up, then sure, that's where it ends. End of season three is also the end of story arc one. And if that's all you wanted to do and have that as a very long book or multiple books, that's fine. But if you are trying to set this up as an ongoing serial, you need to start the second story arc somewhere after the midpoint of the first story arc. I've set it up here because it's very convenient for everything to have the beginnings kind of line up on the way that things are spaced out, but they have to overlap at some point after the midpoint in the first story arc. And that's a pattern you're gonna be going through. So as you can see, with the story arc, I have act one, act two, act three. This is the three act story structure, the beginning incident, the inciting incident. Down here is the obstacle where this is the obstacle introduction up here. So you can see where these things are kind of, you know, something's going on long-term while something's happening really fast. That's the season. And then that's the story arc happening long-term. So remember, the episodes or the chapters, the season, and the short arcs don't overlap. The longer story arcs must overlap if you're going to go more for longer for more than one story arc. I think what a lot of people are getting weirded out about is the short arcs. And the short arcs are, I'm going to say sharks here any minute. So just prepare yourself. The, maybe I should just call them the sharks. The short arcs are, let me put it this way. The reason you use the three act structure in the season is to keep people going from chapter to chapter to chapter. A cliffhanger doesn't have to be somebody hanging off a cliff. It can be an emotional cliffhanger. It can be a psychological cliffhanger. It can be on an off screen cliffhanger. So in each one of these, you're gonna have either a little, small or a big cliffhanger to bring people to the next chapter. Over here on the story arc, not so much because the inciting incident might last several chapters of the season 
it might just be that happen in that single uh, chapter and then kind of lay in wait until you get down to the obstacle down here, just kind of sort of slightly threading its way through the story. The short arcs are to get your readers over the hump of the end of the season. So a short arc is usually either going to be a side character story, it's going to be a side quest a lot of times, like if they have to have a magical uh, object for the larger story arc, then the, that would be part of this. Or meanwhile, this whole season is about being chased by orcs, right? Then suddenly they have to go on to another story arc. If you're writing romance novels, right? If you're writing romances in here, um, arc one, an arc might be a way to set up the next um, couple in that you're going to be focusing on because they're secondary characters and you're going to make them primary characters later on. There's a lot of ways to do the short arcs, but the short arcs need to be very uh, present and in the now of the story because those are what are going to get your readers over the ending of the season and any lulls you may have in the main story arc to keep reading into season two same thing season three so you'll note that short arcs always start right about near the midpoint of the story and to give credit where credit is due this idea came from chinese dramas one of the things that was kind of a cultural adjustment for me when i started watching chinese dramas is that the episode would end on nothing like I'm so used to Western cinema where every episode ends on a cliffhanger or ends on something dramatic or a dramatic reveal. And meanwhile, these Chinese dramas were ending with everybody drinking tea and talking about the weather. And I was just like, what is going on? But I immediately went and watched the next episode because what they had done is they had set up something in the middle of the story so that, but that was not resolved by the end of the, the episode. So that's where I kind of got this idea of, oh, they're building something up from the middle of the episode so that it carries over to the next middle of the episode so that when this episode ends, I'm craving the next one. And that worked so well on me. And I was like, oh, that's how you do that. Now, <clears throat> I want to go a little bit into the variations that you can do on this. So I'm gonna to go to the second sheet. I created a second sheet this week that uses different beats, all right? I wanna show you that you don't have to use the three act story structure. So we're gonna to go to this second sheet right now. And in the second sheet, I've used the save the cat beat for the seasons and the episodes, whereas I've used the hero's journey for the main story arc. Now in the main story arc where the specific beats fall don't matter as much as that the fact that they're spread out, right? That's pretty obvious by now. So in this case, <laughs> Save the Cat has a lot more beats than 3X story structure. So we've got all of these beats going through for the season one. Uh, teaser, you know, that's kind of taken from television shows as well. Teaser for the next episode next week, tune in. Um, so you can use that or not, depending on what kind of cliffhanger you've got for the closing image. The arcs have the same role. Now, the arcs always start after the midpoint, but they don't have to end at the midpoint. Like this arc one could end 
right after the theme is stated in in uh, season two. Because remember, the point of the uh, short arcs is to get them over the hump of the end of a season. So after you've gone through all these chapters and you finished up that storyline, and maybe you know everybody's you know just you know hanging out in Habitat, waiting for the next thing to happen on the main story arc, you've got this arc going on to drag them over the wall of that ending for the season into season two. Over here, you've got all the beats for the hero's journey. <coughs> so you don't have to use the same beats on the season arc as you do on the main story arc. It does make it a little bit more complicated because things aren't gonna match up as neatly as they do on the, like they did on the uh, three act beats story arc where the story arc and the and the season arcs kind of can kind of fit into each other like a puzzle in this case you're gonna to have to work a little bit harder to make it work but again back to my original statement you've got to have the overlap so uh if most people aren't familiar with the hero's journey story at the at the end of the hero's journey return with the elixir the closing image this this stage is often called the new normal. The, the world that the hero has left behind, whether they're male or female or non-binary, doesn't matter. The world that the hero has left behind has changed or they've changed and this is the new normal where it as the new normal has become their ordinary world and you repeat on the second story arc. But if you want, this is an idea, I didn't write this one down, but if you want, you could do the hero's journey for this first arc and then do the heroine's journey story beats for the second arc. Could be really interesting to do that because you're doing both, right? Again, the short arcs are for carrying uh, the story over the hump of the end of a season. And one of the things, I don't think I did it here, did I? No, I'm gonna go back to three act beats for a second and go to the bottom. So one of the things you can do is when you get to the end of the second or third story arc, however many you've got going on, let's say you want to change the protagonist. You have a character who became really popular with the readers, but they're a side character, the second character, right? So you've got this very long, you know, two story arcs going on about your main character. Everybody loves the secondary character. They want this secondary character to have their own story. So instead of creating a whole new thing, you have an arc that jumps over into the next full series. And this is why this can also work with book series, because what you're going to do is you're going to set up, let's say, the new queen, like she's been queened and crowned and she has her, her love interest by her side and her riding her dragon around in the skies. Um, but her cousin, whose uh, sister got murdered, has not found the murderer yet. So the new queen here in the denouement in the ending, it's got her happy ending. But she's telling her cousin, you must now go find the murderer of your sister. And that is the act that gets you into the start of the next full arc featuring the really popular secondary character who's now become a lead character. This is the key to this. You've always got to have something bridging over. Story arc one and two must always bridge over. Short arcs generally don't overlap with themselves, 
they overlap with seasons and sometimes full story arcs if you're changing characters or making a dramatic change in the tone or shift of the of the protagonist. So back to uh, the model that I have here, I kind of showed that a little bit with this arc going down outside of the two main story arcs that we have on this page. Again, you can use pretty much any version of uh, beats that you want to use. I created a beats cheat sheet for those who want to use it. It has my Franken structure, Michael Haig's six stage plot structure, which is more like 11 stages and three acts. I don't know why he called it that. It just mystifies me. Uh, Blake Snyder's Save the Cat. Um, it was a conversation in the group that uh, Save the Cat can sometimes be a little arcane, and mystifying if you're not familiar with the terms, like break into two. Like, what the heck does that mean? I didn't understand it. It was designed for movies, people. Save the Cat was designed for movies. Using it for books is a convenience. It wasn't designed for novels. Jessica Brody, with Blake Snyder's permission, wrote a book called Save the Cat Writes a Novel, where she goes into more detail about being able to use this particular outlining technique with novels. So, or in our case, serial beats for seasons, episodes in a season. So I, if you're gonna be using Save the Cat, I suggest reading Jessica Brody's as well as Blake Snyder's cover because Blake Snyder's talking about films and that can get really confusing if you're not writing films. My apologies to the script writers out there. Uh, Joel Sieverman's Save the Cat for television episodes. This was a blog post Joel made that breaks down Save the Cat into the really six stages of a television show, like a one hour television show. I've used this for some novellas that I've written and I thought it worked really well as a structure for writing stories. So that's why I included it here. And then of course we have the hero's journey, Maureen Murdoch's heroine's journey, which I was talking about earlier. And then Gwen Hayes romancing the beat. And this is where I get into tell you, you can use this serialized structure for romances. Now, are you going to be able to use this for each season? Maybe not. You might want to use Romancing the Beat as the main story arc while using a three-act structure for the season arc, for the episodes. Um, unless you're just going to be switching up um, uh, couples every season rather than every story arc, that's a decision you have to make, but that would be my advice if you're gonna use Gwen Hayes' Romancing the Beat. So that's a really quick overview of the sheet as it stands right now. I do wanna talk a little bit more about setting up the episodes and the story arcs because that's so important. As I mentioned earlier, when you're talking about having cliffhangers, they don't have to be somebody actually hanging off a cliff. They can be emotional cliffhangers. Um, somebody just found out something, that, uh, information about their family that was devastating. They can be uh, psychological cliffhangers. You know, somebody has realized that someone's been in their house, right? You, that's, you know, the person's not there, the cops aren't there, nobody's there, but it's just them in their house. But it's, it's something that would be considered a cliffhanger because, oh no, they found out somebody's been in their house. Um, when I was talking about the Chinese dramas, they, they'd use that a lot. 
like you have people they're sitting around they're drinking their tea very polite society and meanwhile you know the minister of finances is putting a bomb in the emperor's carriage you don't even know why like the story hasn't started for that yet but you see a clip and you, while they're all drinking tea and you're just like what what happened to the minister of finance why is he sitting about don't get it so cliffhangers can be a lot of things they can become really difficult when you are overlapping so when you have something like this where the dark night of the soul is overlapping with refusing of the call which is the beat of the longer story arc you're going to have to be real clever about how you merge those two plots because this dark night of the soul is in reference to the season arc right so how is it refusing the call well i can't tell you how to write a story but i can tell you that what you can do in these situations is you could make their decision to act despite their uh, fears about what's going on or their dark night of the soul. Ooh, we got some. There we go. Um, and make the repercussion of that choice the refusal of the call in the larger story arc. But that is one reason why I say these beats are uh, changeable. Like uh, you can literally move this beat up here if you wanted to do that. That is entirely up to you where this large story arc beats fall, as long as you're remembering to include all the story arcs, which I didn't do when I did the first draft. <laughs> like, oh wait, I think I forgot to put in like uh, uh, crossing the first threshold or something. I was like, wait, what? I'm missing something. Uh, some things like meeting the mentor, here I put meeting the mentor starts because you're getting to the end of a season, right? So maybe you need to tie meeting the mentor into the arc that's going on here. Maybe this is the arc is about the mentor's family or the mentor's background or something that the mentor needs in order to agree to train the hero, right? Which is we get to the training montage, which I threw in there that doesn't exist really. Um, so you're gonna have to meet the mentor continued even though you've got a closing image here. Okay, well, you've got the short arc. If you make it about the mentor, then you've got something to carry them over the wall of the end of the season into the next season. I think that's pretty much the main things I wanted to cover. So I went over it a little bit faster than I thought I was going to. Did I talk too fast? Oh, no. Um, it was a lot of information. A lot. <laughs> I and, and I want to tell people, because Mike and I were talking, I am writing a book about this. I am going to be putting out a book about this um, pretty soon. Uh, Gina, who is my friend, she's a professional editor. She's also a creativity coach. She's helping me put that together really fast. That'll go into a lot more detail about this. Not that I'm encouraging you to buy my stories, but if you feel you need that, that information will be out there soon. So just, you know, don't panic or, and I'm always available. You can email me or message me. I'm happy to talk to people about it. So. Yes. I just put the um, Twitter link in the chat, which I think I was proud, proud to say that the first person. He was, oh, yeah. ah, which but, I'm glad too. Cause he like did a test run on it. Cause I really threw that up pretty fast. I was like, gosh, I, yeah, I was, I was shocked, but like in a good way, I, I mean, there's, for instance, uh, you spoke at the summit like not too long. You're speaking to us again after just speaking with us literally 13 days ago. And you did not speak about um, serial fiction or story structure, which just shows 
the wide range of knowledge. We spoke all about really product management for authors, but um, it's great to see there's someone like you who's given back so much to this community and has so much knowledge. Um, put it into a book that is accessible for everyone because I know myself after listening to this, I have a lot of questions. And the good news is that other people had a lot of questions. So we're going to dive into those. And right now- Should I, um, before we do, should I keep this, uh, keep sharing the screen up for these questions, do you think? I think you should, because okay. some of them, not all of them might require, I think it's helpful to keep it up personally. Um, so we all have it here. Um, as, as beautiful as me and you both are, I think people would prefer to look at that. Um, <laughs> I like to be small in the corner. Oh, uh, yes, sweet talker, you. All right, yeah, I, let's get know. to some questions. But yes, we're going to dive into the questions now and definitely put your questions in the chat as well um, because we're going to dive in. So our first one was uh, how many words in a season um, is usually average or would you recommend? Is I know that's a tough one. It is a tough one. And I know this is something that comes up in the uh, Facebook group a lot. Like how long should a chapter be? And I think that's what we get back to because each episode is a chapter. Um, and, you know, the rule of thumb going around is each one should be 2000 words. Well, when you've got, you know, uh, 11 chapters, you know, 20,000 words for a season, that's not a full book. Like that's a novella, but that's not a full book. So it really depends on several factors. I don't think there's one single answer. Let me put it that way. I think what you can do if you want to make uh, a season, like if you're posting every three days, a season's going to be pretty short, right? If you want the season to be longer, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to uh, break some of these into two parts. Uh, the inciting incident is a good one that you can break into two or even three chapters because an inciting incident is usually very dramatic, right? Um, set up the climax. That is actually the climax, uh, the set up climax. So it's the climax of act one. That may usually be a little shorter. Obstacle introduction is another one that you can break into two, three, or more chapters of 2,000 words each if you want to stick with that format because that's going to be very uh, involved. And a good way to do that is to uh, tie the obstacle introduction into the inciting incident of story arc one. So you might actually move this down to here. Wait, what did I do? Control X, move that down to here. Control I'm teaching three. us and adjusting the spreadsheet. Like, <laughs> Um, so you might do the obstacle introduction as part of the inciting incident for the story arc, in which case you could easily turn that into uh, 10,000, 15,000 words, depending on what you're writing. Mm. It really also, I do think, even though it's just a serialized, I do think some of the consideration is coming from, well, how do I publish this as a book? And at that point, you really need to start making where you're trying to think about how many chapters you want and how long you want a season to go for. You need to start thinking about, so for instance, if these each season is gonna be a novella, are you gonna bind them together as um, you know, a book? Are you gonna do an omnibus? Are you gonna do a series? Are you gonna wait until you've done all of story act one and put that together as a book? Are you gonna put story act one you know, uh, story arc one as a book and then 
chap act two of the story arc as a book. A lot of those thoughts are going to go into how long you want to make each chapter. I think, I'm sorry, I know if you're reaching out to people who read serialized stories and you're training people to read serialized stories, which I think a lot of you who are, are who are watching this now don't have readers who are used to serialized stories, but what you're going to find is that people are less concerned about how long a chapter is and more concerned about how long the story is, which is why I think it's so important that you understand the beats and how they overlap for the story arcs, how the story arcs overlap, because people are going to want to keep reading the story. You can have an 800 word chapter followed by a 2000 word chapter, and you're going to get some grumbling on the 800 word chapter. But if it's a if it's an interim, it's if it's a segue, people aren't going to be thoroughly achieved at you and just unsubscribe. That's especially people who get used to reading serials. They're going to be fine with that because they know the next chapter is coming and it might be 2000 words. It might be longer. And so that's kind of my way of saying maybe don't be as concerned about chapter length as being aware of what you want the reading experience to be. How long do you want the seasons to be? How long do you want the story arcs to go? What is going to be the short story arcs? It's possible you could use each story arc as the break for novels as you get to publishing. So it's just a lot of ways to do that. You've just got to be aware of what you want to do it, how you want to set it up, and what would be satisfying for your readers. Sorry, long answer to that kind of simple question, but. No, it was great. I also want to give an example for people because uh especially you were talking about like the transfer between like serials and like putting it into a book, especially I think as authors, a lot of times we think about also just publishing outlets, like, oh, let's put it on a retailer. And this is an author who um, he, he's been in the Indie CUNY 20 books. He's actually spoken about serial fiction um, before. I think he spoke at 20 books last year about serial fiction, but his name's um, Adam Fuller. Uh, this is one of his thriller pen names. And he wrote a series called Crime Beat that's done quite well. And he only published it on like Kindle. He was wide at one point and then now he's exclusive to KU, but he's not on any of the serial fiction platforms, but totally wrote a serial and is basically like novel length is how he, novella length, sorry, is how he published it. So each book on Amazon is like 40-ish thousand words, if that, mm -hmm. and the thriller market has done well, I mean, you could look at the, you could see it. So anyways, I just wanted to give an example for people, but we can move into the next question. Um, that link, by the way, is in the chat that I had, um, which is, would you recommend, this kind of is similar to what you're talking about, but would you recommend announcing seasons to readers or just keep the story going as if it's a big unending thing? Would you say like season two is dropping tomorrow, season one ended, or would you just kind of be like, eh, here's the next chapter and, you know, Story-wise, it was the end of the season. Honestly, I'm now again individual. Everybody, you know, your money mileage may vary, but I I think that that a lot depends on your genre. So if you're doing lit PR or PRG, right? Lit RPRG, right? Always <laughs> get those numbers mixed up. Um, those readers are used to very long serialized. They don't need seasons. They they don't want seasons. Don't do seasons for lit RPG. For romance readers or for fantasy readers or for even science fiction readers, you might get a little bit more traction with seasons. 
um, a little bit more, you know, in excitement, you know, it's also a good way to schedule in some breaks for yourself. You know, I mean, like you've done that whole season, maybe take a week off. Oh, week between seasons, just like television in 1978, right? But it's something that you can announce to kind of build anticipation for people. So seasons are a great marketing tool. There's a reason why television uses seasons, even in this world of streaming media where they can dump a whole season in 12 hours. Um, it's very convenient to get people to grab onto a section of your story. That said, I would make it clear that it's part of a larger story arc. It's not like, oh, this season's gonna drop and that's gonna be the end of it. Make sure that when you're talking about season three of this longer story is happening, um, and again, maybe play up the short arcs. Oh, season one is coming to an end, but our our friend Zelda is still on the mountain. What's going to happen? Wait for season two, and that'll you know, and then you can just roll right on over with that. I, I love. Sorry, one of the comments in the chat. There's a reason for the seasons. I mean, <laughs> that is such a ring to it. That's a great T-shirt. There's a okay. reason. For the seasons. I love it. I'm, I'm stealing that for a chapter title, y'all. That's totally going to be. <laughs> Got to dedicate that one to um, Kim McShane for sure. Oh, um, Kim, wah, wah. she's a she's one of my best friends, and we went to college together at New College. Um, so yeah, thank oh, you, Kim. Cool. I'm so glad to know that you're here, sweetheart. Thank you, and she's brilliant. So of course she said that. Oh, whatever. Anyway, enough fangirling over my friend. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, I love all around. That's that's what the world needs more of. Um, and. Another question from one of the authors was, and this is a good one, is would you be able to, like, what are your thoughts on readers voting on plot points? There's also been a lot of talk about this specifically in the subscriptions for authors group. Let's say you have maybe a higher tier, let's say 15, 20, $10 a month, whatever you want to call it at, and readers get to have some sort of sway over your stories. That, that is a benefit authors have thrown around. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? It's a comfort zone question, of course, and I'm sure that's been brought up a lot in the conversation about it. I think you might be able to do it for larger story arc uh, issues, like bringing in a character, bringing back a character, but I'll tell you what you can do that with. The short arcs. The short arcs are excellent opportunities to give your readers a way to vote on a character they want to know more about or a creature like a dire wolf. Oh, the dire wolves made a guest appearance in, you know, act two midpoint obstacle introduction or something. Um, you want to learn more about dire wolves or would you rather know more about this side character? You can totally give readers things to vote on in the short arcs because they are by their very nature not tied into the uh, plot points of the episodes or the larger story arc. They are there to just carry the readers over the wall of the end of a season. So absolutely give that people, give people the opportunities to vote on things, but make sure that they're things that are can be used in or are already a part of the short story arcs. Mm. I love that. That's, yeah, that's great. Great. So um, we have a question. This one was from Jen, which, hi, Jen. I'm really glad to see you here. So um, Jen asked, is there a way to use this system regarding like the second full arc using the same um, MC or same main character? Um, and they're writing first person. So 
Absolutely, absolutely. I think I mentioned it a little bit in the hero's journey sheet that we were talking about how when the hero's journey, sorry, I didn't scroll down there. So in the hero's journey where the new normal, the hero comes back from the ordeal and has the resurrection and all those, you know, fantastical story beats, they come back to their new normal. Well, now the second story arc, you disrupt the new normal with the call to adventure. So it could be the next thing that your hero has to confront. And there's a reason why the hero's journey is, you know, so well used and well beloved is because when you think of the heroes of the past, Gilgamesh, um, Hercules, King Arthur, uh, Beowulf, these characters went on multiple journeys. They went through lots of different things. And so you can have these big stories happen to these characters. Just be prepared that your hero or your heroine or whatever is going to change themselves. Like this is going to be more, uh, if I had to do a shorthand for it, I would say that the season arcs are situational story arcs are character arcs right right so your character if you do five story arcs then the person who started the ordinary world in uh story arc one is going to be very different from the person who comes home on the odyssey you know is, is, is comes home after the end of that trip on the fifth story arc when you finally get to the end uh you'll see a lot of that with very uh, long running manga where the lead character starts out as a young, happy, frappy student in high school. And by the end of it is this gnarled, you know, just bitter, cynical, you know, person trying to save the world. So be prepared for that if you're going to do that. Um, but you can do it not just with the hero's journey. Certainly at the end of this, anytime you have the, the protagonist sitting down to dinner, at the end of this amazing journey, they've come back to Hobbiton. They're sitting down to have a big party with all the food on the table. Well, guess what? You know, now all, all those other wizards are dead, but maybe there's a whole new set of wizards coming up out of the ocean. Like there's lots of things you can do with that. And I think for romance, a good way to do that is to have a uh, main couple that the other couples kind of orbit around. So you've got the main couple in the first story. The second couple comes in, prob probably introduced as part of a short arc during the main season. And then they become the lead couple, but the second couple is still a part of their lives, maybe serving as matchmakers, maybe serving as you know antagonists even. So there's a lot of ways you can do that. But yes, you can do it with the same character going through all the different arts. Just be prepared for the consequences. Mm. Mm. That's great. Yeah, no, makes a ton of sense to me. And we're going to go back to short arcs before we finish, because there's a few questions about that. And I think that especially for people who are used to writing novels and are now writing or thinking about writing serials, that, that's definitely a, that's a new one in a good way. Um, not, not unfamiliar to us because we've experienced it as, as you know, readers before, but I want to first ask is a question from Shelby, um, which hi Shelby. It, she asked um, mid-season breaks. How do readers typically respond? And she's mentioning that she just did one for mental health purposes, but basically doesn't have enough readers or data to know. Like, like she's still early on, and she has her kind of core fan base. But if you were to have like a serial out with tens of thousands of readers, 
how do you think they'd respond if in the middle of the season you decided, yeah, I've got to pause for a couple of weeks from my normal release schedule? Um, that kind of goes back to a conversation we've been having in the group in general, which is be aware of what you're promising your, your subscribers. Um, if you're promising that you're going to drop a chapter every Tuesday, um, but you have health issues or mental health issues or you're a caretaker, whether it's for a child or for uh, an elderly member of your family, um, that might not be the kind of best promise to make. I do think that with uh, serial stories set up like this, if you can swing it, what you can do is you can take a break from the main storyline and use a short arcs as maybe little, you know, very short, 500 to uh, 800 word short chapter that focuses on something about the short arc that you've introduced. So you're not putting a lot of brain width on the bigger arcs that cause, that, that need a lot more, you know, energy and mental energy and writing. You can write about a side character. You can write about the lost cat, the adventure, and they found the cat. But you can write about, well, the adventure that the cat went on. And maybe they saw something that will be important later on, but you know, you're not gonna drop that in the short. But you can take uh, ways to give your readers something that's a little bit less than the actual season episode and give them just a little bit of something to go on with. But again, if you're honest with your subscribers and say, I've got these other responsibilities, they may sometimes interrupt what the, what the posting schedule is going to be. My experience is that most subscribers are very, very willing to deal with that and to live with that. You, you're always going to have the jackasses in there somewhere, but you know, you can boot them out. So that's, <laughs> that's my thought on it. If they're not going to be patient with you, you don't have to be patient with them. Um, but there's a lot of ways to deal with that. I think communication though is really key. Like if it you really are is. taking a break and you know, maybe you are releasing your chapter, it's Saturday. So maybe every Saturday at 3 p.m. And then it's Saturday at 3 p.m. And then you send the readers the message of, yeah, I'm taking this week off. You've now had them anticipate something up mm -hmm. until the moment and then send them a message right then that isn't what they were expecting. That's a pretty not so great experience. So even if your readers understand, you'll leave a bad taste in their mouth. So definitely like try and not have them anticipate something that's not coming because that's a really terrible feeling to have someone build up, wait, maybe plan their afternoon to sit down by the fire, whatever they're doing for your story, then it's not there. Life happens, but let them know as soon as you can. Yeah. Um, there could be a last minute change too, that that does happen. But if you're like, I'm feeling burnt out, I need to take the next two weeks off, do give your readers a heads up. Now, don't just be like, oh yeah, sorry, chapter's not coming today. You're like, eh. yeah. And just as an aside, you know, one of the things that um, story art, this type of serial really lends itself to is world building. And I highly suggest if you're going to be doing this, keep keep a few things in your pocket. Uh, keep some character profiles in your pocket. Keep some cut scenes in your pocket. Um, and then if you have a situation like that, you know, again, like he said, don't tell them last minute, but maybe sometime during that two-week period when you're off, just throw that little thing up there. Like, you know, hey guys, I'm thinking of you. I'm planning on coming back. Here's a little cut scene that didn't quite make it into the main storyline. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you in two weeks. Peace out. And that would be really handy. Yeah. And because you've got this big world that you're building as is, you know, this type of serialization lends itself to, you're going to have lots of little things like that. You'll be able to like 
scatter around my confetti. So if that's an issue, then I would be thinking along those lines. Like, what can I give them? How can I communicate? Well, also, what can I give them in times when I'm not able to actually provide the full storyline or a full chapter or something like that? Brilliant. And especially thinking of little things we provide um, our readers, short arcs are something that could potentially be something we utilize during this time. And there's quite a few questions about it. So I first want to ask that do short arcs happen in the same chapters as the main beats or separately in the same episodes, I guess would be- They should be in the same episodes. So short arcs, like the long story arc, are part of the episodes, are threaded through them. So when you think of a short arc, let's think of a cozy mystery series, right? And um, each season is a murder, right? Uh, the short arc might be about the uh, murdered person's brother who has their own secret. And maybe they're connected to the person who's going to get murdered in season two. Of course, you're not going to say that yet. But you want to have that person coming in and out of the story and having their own little side story. That's why I say story arcs are great for side quests or side characters because these are people whose side stories or side quests are going to be threaded through the episodes in just a more i guess lighthearted way i would say it it's it's a bit not quite on the nose as the main story arc is going on and they like i said they don't have to be the full season length they can just be that Always remember that the goal of a story, a short arc, is to get them over the season hump because you're still going to have lulls in the main story arc. No matter how pe invested people are, you're still going to have lulls in it sometimes. And you want to have multiple things. That's what this is all about, right? Addicting, getting people addicted to your story. You have, want to have multiple things in play to keep them coming back. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I think this question ties into, we won't have enough time to like fully get into it, but one, I would just say like some advice for you as you're working on, on this book, um, I would break down like in detail some examples because even for me, like listening to this, like it's helpful and I could think about it in relation to my own stories some stories, I'm, but I would love to see like your analysis, but we're going to do a mini version of that right now, a very mini version of it, because you cannot break down a full story with us and in a full example. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to do that. But, but if you can provide maybe an example of specifically what happens in a short arc from beginning to end, that All would right. be helpful. So I do have an example. It's it's not a happy example, I'm sorry to say, but I do have an example. There is a uh, Chinese novel called Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation. It is very, very long and it, had, it spans generations uh, it, it deals with some very heavy themes. It's a uh, Dan Mai, boys romance, male male romance novel. And there is a short arc late in the story called the Yi City Arc. And if, I'm sure everybody who's familiar is already cringing. I'm sorry, but it is an excellent example of a short, short arc. The Yi City Arc is actually a tragedy. And I mean tragedy in the classical academic definition you know, things fall, everybody dies. It's a, it's a tragic arc. It is set at a point in the story where the main characters are basically wandering around looking for answers to the big mystery. And 
while you could have just had, well, the author MXTX could have just had the main characters wander into this graveyard, essentially, and find the thing that they're searching for and then haul back out. They've been doing that for a while at this point in the story. So the author put in this kind of uh, flashback story of these main characters who, not main characters, these side characters who had appeared much earlier in the novel and tells their tragic story. And it's a tragic story, but it is one of the most popular short arcs of any story ever. There are people who love those characters more than they love the main characters. And it really engaged the readers. And as you're reading those chapters, like, especially if you know the story, you read it before, you're like, I can't stop watching. This is a train wreck, but I can't stop. And I'm just going to keep going. And by the time that arc ends, you are so emotionally invested in the story as a whole, again, even though it's been probably 1 million words of, of story by that point, and that is not an exaggeration you're still reinvested just emotionally in these characters and 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 just want to keep reading about what happens next that is again kind of a tragic example but that is a good example of a short arc that really keeps readers going at a point in a story would have been really easy for people to just start wandering attention to start wandering away i get back to that story when when they when they finally find the last piece of the thing because they're looking for multiple pieces is what it comes down to and i know everybody who knows the story is is snickering at that but you know just deal with it they're they're looking for multiple pieces of a thing and that short arc that short arc managed to keep readers really engaged at that point of the lull after a million words have already been written so yeah no i love it i love it um so we had another great question from kathy which is mm -hmm. is this method of of serializing um working in vela and potentially profitable so we could put it in our description and later release in vela so talking about like this model with subscriptions mm -hmm. uh, is this something you see working in the subscription space are authors able to successfully monetize a story like this that they're releasing in this manner through a subscription uh i off the top of my head i don't have examples of um people who are doing that uh I, there are so let me short answer yes absolutely yes um what i think I'll have to like dig around and actually get the links for some examples of story authors who've done this. For me, one of, one of the reasons that I decided to lean into this was because when, again, I was getting into the Chinese drama fandoms and got into the Chinese novel fandoms, um, for instance, the story I was talking about, The Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation was released serially over the course of several years and literally had over 1 billion reads. Wow. I, I mean, I don't know how you get better than that, right? And of course, it's a different audience. It's a different culture. It's a different type of story. Um, I wouldn't suggest like duplicating that storyline for Western audiences unless you're really skilled and talented of at that type of storyline because it's more than just one genre. But uh, it can very easily be done. So I don't think... Like I said, I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, even though I've got a list somewhere. I'll find it. I'll send it out. Um, but yes, it absolutely can work. The advantage, though, is if a story's not working, 
when you get to the end of a story arc, you're usually going to be able to just wrap up uh, the wrap it up because you're also at the end of an episode, uh, uh, end of a season. So, you know, don't get too worried that if you have a story arc and the story's not doing well, that you have to do a second story arc unless you really want to. Um, that's one of the advantages of this is that they can be easily wrapped up pretty much anytime you want to because they've been going on so long, you'll be able to wrap up all those things pretty easily. We all know that, uh, you know, television executives uh, for for better or worse, tend to wrap things up uh, early a lot. Um, Try not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but it can be done. No, it absolutely yeah, can. It can be done. done. It can yeah. be done, uh, sometimes to varying effects, but I'm with you. Um, so this was an incredible hour. I, I can already see, like, there's definitely more questions that people have. I have more questions, but the good news <laughs> I is I hope it wasn't too confusing, though. Like, I, I, I know looking at the spreadsheet, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but it's really simple when you think about it. It's it's familiar, right? I think we've all experienced this in so many different ways and it applies structure to like a journey that we've are already been on as readers and writers. Mm -hmm. um, so let's give a huge, huge thank you to Kim Vu. I'm so grateful you're here. And why don't you share with us where we can keep up with you? And also I know you're creating something where we can learn a bit more about this. So share with us where we can continue the Kimbu adventure or the serial structure adventure. Well, of course I am on Ream and, and that link's out there. I have a website called www.task-mistress.com. That's my productivity coaching website. I will be posting things there. Um, right now, if you want to go to the pre-order the book, um, Become an Unstoppable Storyteller, that way you'll be get first note you'll be you'll have it in your inbox as soon as it gets published and of course i'm part of the of the um, subscription for authors facebook so please find me there on the spreadsheet on the third one that beats cheats i do have a link for my email address so if you want to email me directly with questions that's on the spreadsheet on the google Docs sheet so. And to clear up some questions about the book, which I feel like I know these answers, but one, the pre-order link that you just sent is to the ebook, correct? That is correct. That so is correct. The, if you go to the link that I put in the chat, that's for the ebook. And then um, you don't have a release date there. Um, and you should definitely update that right when we I out. should. So yeah, the release date I have right now is July 15th, which is okay. going to be a little bit over six weeks. I think I'll be able to put it together there. Um, on my Ream, I might be, I'll probably be posting some things on that on Ream and my Substack, which is houseofyork.substack.com. Um, so if people want to follow me there, you can follow me for free on Substack. You don't have to pay. Um, then I'll probably be posting updates there as well. Sounds great. Sounds great. Very, very awesome. Well, again, thank you everyone for being here. Seriously, um, thank y'all. This recording will be live on YouTube. We're going to actually 